0: Racers and Rental Cars Podcast with your host, Top Fuel Give Cam, got, Cameron Buret, and his co-host, Mr. Mr. Top Sportsman, Don O'Neill. On yeah.
1: What's up, West Coast Cam? Hello, Don. Oh, the hello, Don, the sombersome sound of camera.
0: No, no, you're just my elder. So I have to, uh, you know, be politically correct when I say hi.
1: Well, I appreciate you showing your respect, Mr. 33 years old. But, uh, you know, I think we're going to kind of throw it out the window with your text message to me this morning about throat punching me. So uh, sometimes
0: you got to do that. I got to keep you on your toes when you tell me stupid shit on on a text <laughs> message. I have to respond.
1: Look, you're on the West Coast. I'm over here. I have been up since five a.m. So now that we, let's make sure Don't we.
0: I've been up since four thirty because my lovely my lovely boy decided to get up at four thirty this morning.
1: Okay, so but now that's four thirty Pacific time.
0: Uh yes, sir.
1: Okay, which is what time for me?
0: I don't know. Where do you live? Indiana? Was that three hours? Two hours. Two, two hours.
1: We do this every week. Why <laughs> people continue to listen to us because we cannot do time zones. I have no idea. That would be a hate mail right off the bat. So, I mean, I'm proud of you that you got up at 4.30 this morning. You've been out on the road traveling a race and you didn't make your wife get up because we all know that out of everybody in the house, Ange is the one that holds down the regular nine to five program. We know that without a shadow of a doubt.
0: She's the rock star.
1: Which, you know, her being from Canada and her being the rock star in your house, we have issues. I have questions. We have got to get through a therapy session on this. Hey,
0: man. You know, I had to import her.
1: <laughs> I am not going to walk through the door of where a mail-order bride comment would come in line right there. I am not yeah, going to do that to that's definitely
0: not. That definitely wasn't the case. <laughs> Couldn't find anything good here, so... I went north.
1: (laughs) You went north. Oh, God. And you're as far west as you can possibly go. So, for sure. All right, dude. So, man, crazy week. Uh, Short week, really.
0: When did you get home? Monday morning? I got home Monday morning, went to work, and then went to my second work. And then, yeah, did some more work. And then I'm leaving again. What day is it? Today, Wednesday. I take the red eye on Thursday night. Hi, right, so in Norwalk, Ohio, back to, your lovely face. Yes, I am going to be.
1: How about that for people listening this weekend? Yes, the lovely Mother Nature has inserted herself so drastically into every motorsports, uh, passionate, fan participant company, uh, with her just blistering beating that she is giving us in the Midwest with rain. Uh, so NHRA and the Bader family, uh, has decided that they pulled the plug on the majority of the sportsman cars this weekend in Norwalk. However, we already had it on our schedule to be there to, uh, participate in the Midway with NGK and the tub folks with our car. So the lovely wife, Diane is going to make an appearance this weekend at Summit Motorsports Park, uh, hasn't been seen since she just wanted to go.
0: She just wanted to go for the ice cream.
1: Well, we missed out on the ice cream for the divisional. A dollar a, yeah. I mean,
0: dude. Angie's a little pissed. She's not going because you know she's quite the ice cream connoisseur. So I, <laughs> if I could, if I could uh, dry ice at home, I would. But I don't know if that's possible.
1: Do you, I when we get up there this weekend, I will introduce you to the people you need to know, and you can get. They will send ice cream and dry ice to you. Really? Yeah, yeah. I will introduce you to the people that you need to know.
0: Okay, we need to make that
1: happen. We'll make that happen. I mean, not to say that ice cream is a huge market, but I really feel like it's a it's a huge market. We, we, I mean, eating ice cream. Look, you cannot be mad if you've got a winning lottery ticket or you're eating ice cream. True. Unless you like spent a hundred bucks and only made a buck, then I could understand why you would be mad about your lottery ticket. Sounds like racing. How do you start out a millionaire in racing?
0: Start with five.
1: More than one, that's for sure. Well, yes. So we'll be on the midway. Hopefully, uh everyone will come well, by. Then you're
0: gonna be my you're gonna be my backup girl then.
1: Dude, I I will talk to Diane about letting me go out and be your backup girl. Although I'm not sure that I'm gonna get anybody cheering for me or clapping like they were clapping for Courtney for the past couple races.
0: Hey, you know. I tried to get PJ to do it, but he wussed out. So,
1: PJ wussed out.
0: No, he he was gonna do it, and then uh, I don't know what happened, but country he didn't.
1: country singer didn't have any uh, stamina. To, uh, if you'd give him his guitar, I bet he could have run run you back, pointing and playing the guitar at the same time.
0: That's right. That's right.
1: Would have played a song.
0: That would have been pretty.
1: Well, I'll be with you. We're going to get some photos done, some social media. It's going to be a good weekend, no matter what. Anytime you can be at the racetrack with your sponsors and supporters or circle of supporters and get to take in Pro Mod, Pro Stock, Factory Stock. Shop. I mean, good Lord. Yeah, I'll just be like a kid at a candy store for the weekend. What are you hey. driving?
0: Uh, that's Top Fuel Dragster. The real race cars that don't have doors. That's what I'm racing.
1: You're going to get, like, one more week with that whole real race car <laughs> bullshit. You don't have doors. My car has doors, big guy.
0: I mean, at least your car now has a blower, so I'll, I'll give you that.
1: Oh, I don't know. Our cars look kind of similar last week when you were, cha- when you were changing a crank. <laughs> Sent me that photo. Our, our cars kind of look similar. I was missing something that you were
0: missing. Hey, man, preventative maintenance.
1: Ah, well, no matter what. Hey, so I got, like, all spun up today. Right? I got like really, really excited. I know you don't pay any attention to NASCAR, but me being from North Carolina, I dude, this whole did you even see on social media the just the throwdown that NASCAR has done to Johnny Sarter for what he did during the truck race in Iowa?
0: I just was scrolling through my phone right now and I saw something about a guy got suspended, but he's still getting to race this weekend or something. That's all I read the headline. I didn't read the
1: I I all I don't know I don't know like all the details. All I know is is that sometimes politics do not belong in motorsports. Yeah. Okay, and and I'm sorry I I feel like at times politics and rules or regulations or anytime you pull a book out that's got like I dot I dot that has no place in racing. And good for Johnny Sauter, okay? I mean, he he dumped this kid that's been dumping him and crashing him and running into him for, like, two different events. And Johnny just finally said, guess what? Screw it. I'm, I'm going to punt you while we're on. You know, everybody's like, oh, it's under caution. I, he didn't do it while he was going 150. I mean, that would have been different, you know? I mean, if he would have punted him, like, at full speed. But they were going, yeah. like,
0: 80. I was talking to my buddy uh, who works on who works on Terry's team with us and he races dirt modifies and he was saying that the sometimes the promotions like in the short tracks like back east they encourage fighting and crashing on the track because it helps the attendance but as if it goes into the pits it that's when the police get involved because yeah. there's no insurance to cover it.
1: That's that is exactly right. And you know what and look okay seriously It's still equipment, right? Like, you're you're a hired gun like I am. I drive stuff that does not belong to me. It belongs to a family, a business, and and we have sponsors, and we have partners, and we have to do right by them at all times, but, however, there's a line that comes in there where you're like, okay, look, you've inserted yourself over here into uh, my personal space. And, you know, what do they, what are the, what do the snowflakes call it? The bubble or whatever? I don't know. You're in my bubble. The
0: snowflakes?
1: You like that, don't you? Huh? Wow. Yeah, I, what, that was on that bumper sticker, that car you took a picture of and posted on Instagram a few weeks ago. It had a snowflake on it. No? Look at you. Sh- right. Look, you're shaking your head at me. I love you. Anyway. By the way, my nephew just graduated uh, basic training today at Fort Benning, so he was um, he was he was texting me with some language that uh, I would not expect my nephew to be using, but now he is like in the family of using that, and that was a term that he actually texted me, so I thought it was kind of just you know <laughs> ring it right up, buddy, elevator to the top floor uh but you cannot do that i know you're not i mean you and i are not going to drive our race cars into someone but once we get out of the race car at the end of the racetrack we are probably going to have some words if we don't you know what i mean is that is that fair to say yeah i would say that you're not you're not you don't you're trying to you're trying to hug the line on me here aren't you you're trying not to
0: don't know what you're talking about
1: is this an uncomfortable conversation
0: no, we had that last week. We
1: had that with Tammy last week. But, uh, you know, I'm, get, I'm getting some uncomfortable feelings through the microphone here, there, Cam.
0: No, no. I, I, Yeah, I've been in situations like that that I've had conversations at the finish line. Got to have them. Uncomfortable conversations. Hey,
1: that's
0: it. I mean, that's it. So because was, it's, pa- it's passion and emotion is involved in a lot of money on the line. And, yeah, of course it's going to happen.
1: And no matter what, we're, we're getting paid to do a job, right? So you're getting paid to do a job. Most people don't think about it this way, but we strap in a car, put a helmet on, and we're getting paid to do a job. Now, whether you're paying yourself or someone else is paying you, that is completely irrelevant. You're still getting paid to do a job. And by God, do your job to the best of your ability or move on. And... If you don't play into making it easy for the other guy in the other lane to do his job and be successful, so be it. If he wants the mouth off, that's great. It, it It is what it is. But we're still getting paid to do a job, and we have to do it professionally, but to the best
0: of our ability. That's right. What was that? Are we considering this your rant for the day? Nah. Or- I, we, I, I was know?
1: really ranting in the truck while I was listening to XM while they were passing out the penalty to Johnny Sauter. I was like, you know, my dually was like on both sides of the two-lane road. I'm, if I can have like one of those reality TV show cameras, we can totally make some money because I was ranting like a son of a gun.
0: Like a son of a gun? That so, was the most southern thing I've heard in no, all
1: no, day today. No, no. What, what's, what's your words that you like for me? Industry?
0: industry yes industry
1: <laughs> industry
0: yeah industry
1: <laughs> well look speaking of things that are uncomfortable let's uh let's call up somebody that w- definitely has been involved in a company that at times has made uncomfortable uh social media content but at the same time definitely reaches a target market that it is in America and across the country, depending upon where boots are on the ground at, and they've had their they've had their share of involvement in forms of motorsports, whether it's been extreme motorsports, or, or racing, uh, competitive sports. They're out there, they're doing things. So uh, I want to call up one of the faces of Grunt Style apparel, Mr. Tim Jensen. Grunt Style has been um, a leader being the fact that they're a military base military veteran owned company they came up with an idea and uh they have uh, i think the cliche is they took 1500 bucks and made 100 million and so uh anytime somebody can do that and and they're out there i have
0: my pen here and i'm going to start writing notes (laughs) on how to do that
1: (laughs) exactly right we're gonna hey we didn't have to what is it they what are what are those motivational speakers sometimes they charge like Zig Ziglar and those guys—they charge like three hundred dollars a person to take notes, to sit down yeah. and be in front. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm with you. I'm going to turn my voice recorder on. Why Tim starts talking and uh, see if I can pick up any tidbits. So uh, that being said, let's uh, let's give Mr. Gen- and let's give Mr. Jensen a call.
2: Oh, wow. hello, gentlemen. <laughs> hello. <laughs> you have reached the first sergeant. How can I help you find it? <laughs> Oh no Podcasters you did. today.
1: Oh no! You did not go with the first <laughs> sergeant comment
0: <laughs> I yeah, I'm, I'm already feeling outnumbered
2: <laughs> um, well let's go Cam um you know I've got to hear a little bit of the show um and um I think you're gonna be okay
0: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no uh I, I guess we'll start out by you know thanks for all both of you do or have done <laughs> for the country and uh I'm a full supporter of that and uh It's really awesome for people like you that uh, are able to do that sort of thing. So
2: it it was uh, uh, greatly appreciated. You know, the one of the finest things I've ever got to do uh, in my professional life was uh, serving in our uh, armed forces. And, uh, you know, it's just been an incredible ride. You know, uh, I joined the Marine Corps in 1997 and exited in 2005. Got to do both uh, fleet side and reserve and deployments, so on and so forth um and i think it was just a chapter of my life right uh, like many yeah. things of, you know, like th- you guys and have you done Turn the
0: page yeah
2: yeah absolutely uh we just uh at Grunt style got to extend that chapter through a different types of uh a different type of meme where we get to tell a different story while still being part of that military culture which has been absolutely fantastic yeah, yeah. that's cool
0: that's cool Well, tell tell uh, the listeners a little i mean a lot of um it was funny i was telling a buddy of mine uh yesterday that we were going to have you on the show and uh he's like oh yeah that that stuff's really cool like i've that's all over my facebook or whatever and he knew exactly what it was which was really cool um but for those that don't know um tell us a little bit about grunt style and you know how it started
2: what it is all the the nitty-gritty details you got it my friend. Well, uh, the company started in 2009, uh founded by the CEO and founder Daniel Alaric, former drill sergeant in the army. Uh he was on the field uh, in uh, doing his thing in the the uh drill sergeant side um you know, training army infantry soldiers and as time was coming up and uh, he had to make a decision if he was going to reenlist or not um, He was talking with his wife and they had a, a newborn uh, baby boy and uh, he was you know, uh, Lamenting to her of how much he enjoyed the military and he really wanted to stay in and you know uh, She said to him very uh, pointedly, uh, you either, if you stay in, uh, we're not going to be here when you get back. Uh, it's too much on the family. Uh, so he decided to uh, end his military service. And, uh, you know, as he was exiting, he wanted to really have that. You know, take that culture uh, with them, right? Because, you know, uh, Don, you could probably relate to this. When you get out of the military, you go from a very tight fraternity type atmosphere into a very cutthroat uh, environment, right? And you don't have that same sense of cohesion and camaraderie uh, out out in the world. Uh, that you would experience in in military services uh, so he wanted to take that with him and you know he thought of no other way of doing that uh, by you know you know uh, taking that those cultural ideas and those uh, sayings that we all learned in the military and putting them into walking billboards uh, on uh, apparel so that was how the uh, company really came into uh, existence and then over the years um, you know much like any other business right you got to find your way uh, and it took uh, a few years for Daniel to really Uh, Get in stride and the funny story, uh, you know, there came a point where he was going to shut the company down and set a goal for himself of uh, about $6,000 at a a Las Vegas convention, right? Uh, One of those uh, Army, Navy, uh, Marine exchange um, buying events. And he set a $6,000 goal. And uh, him and his wife went up there. They lived on the cheap, off the strip, uh, packed their own food, and would make peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. Um, And uh, they ended up, at the end of the event, selling $6,600 worth of um, (laughs) clothing. So on the flight back, you know, I love hearing him tell the story. Uh, Daniel is quite the uh, storyteller in a a very uh, motivating fashion. Uh, But he was telling me he sat on that plane. He had a a ledger book. Drew line down the middle and said, here's what I'm doing. Here's what everybody else is doing. How do I become better? Uh, and that's how he really started uh, building the team, right? He, he came to the realization that Grunt style can never be more than just a one-person operation. Uh, Daniel was uh, really carrying a lot of the burden himself and he had a few other employees, but it wasn't uh, significant enough to really get the brand out there. Uh, so we started bringing in a team. Uh, I came on in 2013. I was, you know, employee five or six, something like that. Um, and, uh, that's when oh, they really, Oh,
1: Oh, Oh, hold on. Hold on. There, there's, there's a backstory to that. I was wondering if you were going to, if, where you were going <laughs> to insert yourself. So, this is where, this is where I think I pick up on a little bit of your background, Tim, and your backstory. So, we're all about motorsports marketing, right? And we all do business sure. here and we all talk about it. And the one thing that we get asked on, on the regular is uh, being told no. Yeah. And didn't yeah. you, didn't Daniel share a no with you?
2: Uh, he he did, and it was uh, it was absolutely crushing, right? Um, you know, I was uh, uh, unemployed at the time. Um, you know, I had my own art studio, and it was uh, published in comic books, and it's been a passion of mine ever since I was a young man. And um, you know, I was doing okay with that, but it wasn't really bringing in the money. And my wife's like, "You need to get a job." I'm like, "Well, I have a job," and she's like, <laughs> "That whole it. job thing." Right, that, <laughs> An old damn job. So I was like, but she's like, you're not making any money. I'm like, but I love what I do. It's like, you need to make some money. So uh, I went to the, at the time, you know, the best place to, to find work. Uh, that was Craigslist <laughs> <laughs> and not the personal section. All... <laughs> yeah. So um, so I started looking around and I came across the, um, a job position for Grunt Style and it was for a graphic design position. I'm like, oh, my God, uh, I, I, I'm i a military veteran. I can draw. I'm, I'm pretty good in art. Uh, so I, set, uh, I sent my resume over and Daniel still, uh, you know, has a different idea of how this happened but uh you know uh, i came in there applying for the graphic designer position and i brought my portfolio he says i came in for a um folding t-shirts position i'm like why would i bring my portfolio to fold t-shirts bro and um so we're sitting there. He's looking through my portfolio. He's like, oh, I really love this stuff, but it's not what I'm looking for. He's like, I'm going to I'm gonna have to pass. I'm, and, you know, from the minute I walked in the door, you can feel the esprit de corps. You can feel that sense of fraternity just like bleeding off the walls. And I, I just wanted so much to be part of that opportunity, right? And when he told me no, I, 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 my shoulders kind of hunched over. And, um, you know, I, I, got, it was, it was a depressing moment. You know, I've, I've been told no in my life, you know, several times, but you know, something that I, I felt like it was such a great opportunity and I really wanted to be a part of it, you know, it was, it really hurt. Right. So I was leaving and, uh, you know, my phone rings and I see it's Daniel. I'm like, what the hell does this guy want? He just, he just told me no. <laughs> I was contemplating the answer, and I, I was like, uh, "Screw it, I'll, I'll pick it up." And he's like, "Tim," I was like, "Yeah, hey, what's going on?" And He's like, "Hey, uh, you know, I, I, I'm sorry that I didn't have that position for you, but uh, there's something about you that uh, you just uh, really had this presence, and I, I, I really need you on my team." And uh, he's like, "I got a job opening for you." I'm like, "Okay, what is it?" And um, he's like, "Well, it's folding T-shirts." <laughs> and I thought about it for a second, and I remember my wife going, "You need a job that pays money," and I was like. Uh, and, you know, then I have reflected on the, the the experience of walking into that building and um, it was an easy, yeah, I'll take it. And um, never even asked what I was getting paid. And he said, you know, report in Monday morning like a like a drill sergeant, just be here, blah, 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 blah. And, um, you know, that kind of started my whole career. So I started that Monday folding t-shirts uh, before, you know, a month was, um, you know, had passed by. was... Um, you know, a press operator, then went from lead press operator to production manager, production manager to uh, operations manager, operations manager to chief operating officer, uh, from chief operating officer to partner, then president. And now uh, I've been put into the position of uh, the chief strategy officer. So I run a majority of the strategy of the business now working with uh, some wonderful partners and other executives in the business. And it's just been an incredible ride over the last six years. That's a heck of a of a story man
0: I'm, I, now, I, now I'm even more inti-
2: intimidated. <laughs> you know I, I I like telling that story for a lot of reasons right I love it because it really um, I speak to a lot of veterans and um, a lot of people um, in the in, the, in the community um, you know, this Friday I'll be uh, speaking with um, uh, a PTSD group at uh, Rush hospital downtown Chicago and I do this every other month and it's a it's a group of individuals 13 yeah, that they run through this three-week outpatient um, uh, type of uh, healing center, and it's for people that you know were much like me. They, they got out of the military, they seen some significant combat. It changed their lives. It, it really put them in in a dark place. Um, you know, thoughts of suicide almost to the point where a lot of these people have uh, even gone through the motions of it. Um, but the great thing is, you know, I was that guy, right? I had the gun in my mouth. I lost my family. I lost my children. I lost my house. I lost everything uh, because I couldn't get myself out of you know, uh, the, the regret of, 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 of the things that I've experienced and the men that I lost, um, but at the other side of it, you know, I just needed a mission. I needed I needed a task, and I needed a purpose, and I needed to really just put myself into a position that I could start using my talents and using my hands again and, and my my head and thinking. And, um, you know, that's that's a great thing that Grunt Style has provided me over the years is not only have I been part of this wonderful experience of meeting great people and really making an impact on the community, but it's been a therapy for me in the sense that uh, I've been able to, to check myself on a lot of things. I've been able to work with wonderful veterans that have come in and have had these combat experiences. And I've had men sit in front of me, uh, you know, crying and saying, Tim, you're the only person I could talk to because you understand. And, you know, I would solve these problems by, I'm like, I sit there with Daniel, I'm like, listen, man, we got we got problems, right? There's, there's guys out there that are really hurting. And so we came up, you know, why reestablish, why recreate the wheel? Use the things that we know. So we started making battle buddies in our inside of our production and fulfillment operation. And, uh, you know, after a couple of weeks of watching that and, and watching how they're interacting, had less people coming to my office. I had less people, um, you know, uh, failing at, at their jobs and, and and getting frustrated. Right. I had more people getting off of the VA medication that they were that the cocktails that they were being given to, to mask their problems, um, because I was providing, or I shouldn't say, I, but we as the organization was providing opportunities for. Hey, I'm going to be able to say this to a guy that I can share in gallows humor. I could talk about things that I can't normally talk about with my friends and family because I don't want to be judged or I don't want to be looked down upon. Right. And that healing right there has really set the opportunity for this company to 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 truly grow into what it, it is today right as you know the, the largest and, and most successful veteran owned veteran operated apparel business in the country but all that aside i mean that's great and it's wonderful that we do that but the things that we were able to uh impact the community and and the warfighters out there and, and the patriots and you know the law enforcement the firefighters all these people that just resonate to what the culture and the and the, the mission of grunt style is we've changed uh, to some degree uh part of their lives
1: oh man i'm getting ready to pass the plate i got goosebumps on my arms <laughs> over here because that uh, tim i can't uh so yeah Oh, man, I got like, uh, I think you hit like six different characteristic traits there when you're talking about who the people are around you that you've impacted. And I got, I think I got four of them um, for sure. You, you know, so for Cam, Cam is used to where, you know, we can do like if we want to do stereotypes, right? So Cam is used to, oh yeah. no know, oh, in the business world and and i think cam and i've actually talked about this before there there is the approach on the civilian sector that it's about the bottom line it's not about it's not about the guy to your or the gal to your left and to your right and to your front and to your rear where for us coming from the military side that is what it's all about we are we are the capital we are the human capital to, to be able to execute whatever the task condition and standards are. It, it's, sure. a human, it's a human being that's the capital to execute that. It's not about the bottom line. Yeah, it's about being successful, and we train to sustain and, and improve and so forth. But when you bring that mentality into the civilian side, if you will, and invest in people, and let them know that they're not just a number and Mm. you understand that everybody has a different chemical makeup when they open their eyes first thing in the morning and when they close their eyes at night to go to sleep or try to go to sleep or don't go to sleep when you're able to relate with them uh and let them know that they're not alone it does make a huge impact um oh yeah i can uh I could, I could probably do a podcast with you. We could probably do a whole show about depression, suicide, and the negative things that people have either said or done to you that have made you feel like your self worth is exactly that, worthless. Mm. Uh, so yeah, but the, I want to jump back to the, to the story from there. With with grunt style and and you and Daniel in growing because I think so right now I know you guys started in Chicago correct heck yes, you, sir. you guys what, what Homewood right
2: uh right outside twenty two miles west of the city in Carroll Stream Illinois
1: Carroll Stream all right my wife and my wife and daughters are actually from Lamont and that's where we okay. met, we met at in Downers Grove I was that's where I retired from was Chicago we were at Rush a few weeks ago so uh, we go back there uh, so but now you are uh, you being grunt style there was a little proclamation in the the mass media if you will by another corporation about a hiring campaign a couple years ago and Mm -hmm. you guys came out and you were very vocal about hiring veterans Yeah. now i know you're not from chicago
2: i was i was born in this dump and was, uh, got out very quickly. Uh, unfortunately, uh, when uh, I, I exited the Marine Corps, uh, my my um, immediate family moved back to Chicago, so I had to leave the the wonderful hills and beautiful country of North Carolina to come back to communist Illinois.
1: Uh, okay, <laughs> so that's where I was going because I thought it was very impactful in a risk. How about that? From let's just we're not military anymore; we're we're civilian side business. I thought for you to, for grunt style to be in Chicago and as you refer to communist Illinois, and it's not the first time my wife's heard me say that <laughs> about that, about Chicago either, but you guys be making that proclamation about hiring veterans in, mm-hmm. in, in Chicago. How did, how did that come about? Like what, I mean, where did you and Daniel have a, you know, I like your beer guarantee were, were you guys just in a boardroom and you're like, Dude, what? We got to do something. Screw this. We're, we're doing it. How did it right. happen?
2: So, you know, it really comes down to a lot of things, right? And, you know, you touched a little bit on it earlier, culture. Cult- the secret to business, right? The bottom line is important, sure. You can go into all the facets of the mechanicals of, of making your bottom line and your bit of look wonderful, right? But you can't get anywhere uh, in, in getting close to that objective if your culture and your people, your most precious treasure, um, are not in the right place and focused on the right things, right? And, you know, when... We understood uh, early on that for a business to be pers- uh, really successful, that uh, you know, we read all these books, Jim Collins and so on and so forth. You get the right people, put them on the right spot on the bus, right? And we under we understood that if we took. Uh, and, and leverage the the greatest military in the world and put them into our business unit uh, and we focused as a uh, an infantry team right our company is built the, our structure of our company is built like a forward deployed military um, uh, you know any type of service army marines you know whatever you want to call it right so we have uh, alpha company we have a bravo company we have a charlie company we have a headquarters unit and everybody in there understands how we operate right and now it was easy for us to do this when we brought in military people and you know the initiative was that we would do <clears throat> you know 70% of our uh, labor force uh, or our team rather uh, was going to be uh, veterans um, and we held to that for a very long time. Uh, and as we continued to grow, uh, we had to bring. Uh, there was we weren't able to source enough veterans for that, right? We put out this huge initiative, and you know, we got a lot of veterans that came in. Um, and then we we hit a massive growth curve, and that watered down to 50%. And we're like, okay, cool, we got could go below 50%. And we're operating, operating, operating. Then we hit another growth curve, and we put out the call again: just bring in more vets, bring in more vets, and you know, show them what this camaraderie looks like. And you know, then um, you know, we sourced as many as we could, and then we had to bring in more, right? So we got up to our high water mark, about 550 employees. And we we're at that time, about 43% veterans. So, you know, we've, it's, it's difficult when you go through massive growth periods like that. Uh, Chicago is a very great location for a lot of reasons. Uh, it's central of the country, of the country, um, you know, from a um, supply chain management system, we, all of our raw materials are very close. And Within one day's transit, blah 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 blah, um, and then we can get our packages out across the country very, uh, very expeditiously. Um, the uh, the difficulties of operating in Illinois is that oh, and and not to mention you know, Chicagoland has one of the highest concentrations per capita uh, or density per capita of of veterans, so it's a great place to to source the labor from, and we have a wonderful uh, you know, reputation in the Chicagoland area. Um, However, the difficulties of operating in Illinois is that you know the state is sixty plus billion dollars in, in debt to unfunded liabilities. Uh, they're putting all of that burden onto the uh, the uh, the residents of the state. You know, Illinois has been over the last five years leading in emigration from the state. You know, people are just dr- in droves going everywhere else. So it makes the um, you know the labor force a bit more um, interesting to to work with. Um, And, uh, you know, in the imposition of all the taxes upon businesses, is just not fair. You know, one of the the straw that broke the camel's back for our business. And, you know, you if you ever had the opportunity to meet Daniel or any of your listeners are out there, you know, Daniel is one of the most uh, kind hearted uh, individuals I've ever had the pleasure of meeting in my life. And, you know, I talk to him all the time, like, you know, uh, know, you're a leader that I will follow, um, you know, until you tell me your time is up. Right. But yeah you know, and, and he takes immense, immense care for all of his employees. so the last the last thing that uh, really pushed us over the edge and uh, we t- made the decision to leave Illinois uh, was when they put the one point eight percent income tax increase on everybody in the state. and like, it uh, they, they just baffled us. Like, how how are you going to punish the residents of your state because you are uh, you can't manage the the state finances and you just continue to drive the the, the state into a deeper debt. Uh, so what we did was, uh, you know, we we gave everybody a, a raise understanding that uh, you know that would mean more money would be going to the state but at least what we did was we were able to offset that 1.8 percent that was being taken away from our employees because that was not fair and that was not something that you know we thought uh, was you know good management of fiscal policy in the state and you shouldn't you shouldn't punish your people that are you know keeping this um machine going right so we made the decision that um We're not going to play anymore, and uh, we moved the the headquarters out of uh, Chicago. We still keep uh, our manufacturing and fulfillment here. Um, But, yeah, we moved everything, uh, the remaining part of the businesses and and, uh, where we do our tax filings from out of this this dump. Uh,
1: (laughs) (laughs) I was getting ready to go down a couple different roads there with you because I I think Cam's probably heard it just as much as I have. You know, Chicago – you know, we race at Route 66 out there and, mm-hmm. and Illinois has got a plethora of drag racing and motorsports history in the state. Yep. Uh and but at the same time you're just like Man, can you guys fix the roads? How can if you were in debt and the roads were perfect, it would be like nobody would complain. But I mean there was literally a hole that sucked up Cam's minivan or something, didn't it? When Dude, just- it was pretty bad. Like yeah, you
2: almost like fell into that thing. I can imagine
1: all right it was unreal well okay so i let's let's fast forward let's talk we've talked about the business so let's talk about some marketing and some racing when uh correct me because i think i'm wrong you guys grunt style the company got involved in nascar first back in like 15 or 16 wasn't it with with richard petty motorsports is that when you guys first kind of dipped your toe in the water if you will
2: uh, yeah, so, you know, we were looking to, you know, like all of the brands, right, is, you know, how do you get into front of more people and, and you know, people that can identify with what your uh, your product is and what your brand is. Um, so we started looking around and, you know, it made a lot of sense uh, that, uh, you know, the people that are involved in racing and motorsports, um, you know, are really the salt of the earth type of individuals that uh, would, you know, really be attracted to our brand, Uh, So we had some interesting uh, interactions and introductions with uh, some people from NASCAR, uh, Richard Petty uh, Racing, Um, and uh, we started exploring, right? And, uh, you know, we saw that it was an interesting opportunity and something to, you know, really – you know, as you said, to dip our toes into. So uh, we started that conversation with uh, Richard Petty. We had already been working with um, Spencer Boyd, uh, who was doing uh, truck racing at the time, and um, you know, so we were seeing some 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 good um, opportunities coming from that. Uh, and then you know, he got uh, the wonderful chance, and we sponsored him uh, going into NASCAR. Uh, ran uh, ran at the Monster uh, Series level. Um, you know, it was great to, to see the grunt-style car on the track doing laps and, you know, getting down in the pits and, you know, getting to see his, uh, the team that he had built around him. Uh, it was actually an incredible experience. Um, had the opportunity to uh, meet you, some of the older faces uh, that I grew up watching when I was a young man, like Richard Petty. Uh, and, you know, it was, it was just a fascinating time. I um, mean, you know, I think that the uh, it it brought a lot of we learned a lot of things, right? So every opportunity in marketing uh, that you have, you're going to have uh, you know successes, successes and failures, right? Um, there was a lot of successes and there was a lot of failures uh, in in some of these uh, agreements that we had made, and um, you know, it's in, in in a good business person needs to understand, you know, how do you take some of those failures and turn them into successes and and so on and so forth. So you know, the, we still uh, have a little bit of a presence in the NASCAR. Side, um, but uh, we've, uh, we've understood that uh, moving into you know some uh, different areas is you know something that we should explore as well.
0: Now, when you when you were in the NASCAR world and stuff, and you know being a brand that not necessarily is motorsports related, but you saw a a shift like you said, like you're a true-blooded American kind of company, like it's you know those kind of people are motorsports fans. Did you at the beginning you saw spikes in sales and, and whatnot going through nascar and then what was the reason i mean without getting into detail i guess Sure, sure. like um what did you see like well i mean was this too expensive or like was it uh, okay we've we've done it because there's been companies oh yeah this was great but we've ran our course and now we're going to move on to our next element yeah. was that was that the case or was it more like ah this really isn't what we were thinking it was going to be I think it was a little border sports in general.
2: Yeah, yeah. I think uh, yeah, it was a little bit of the latter, right? Um, you know, I think that you know we captured as much as uh, we could from those opportunities, and you know, uh, doing th- due to the amount of money that you're putting out and the ROIs that you're getting, right, is always going to determine how much you're going to continue down the the rabbit hole, right? right. And um, you know, it's it's being uh, of good uh, you know fiscal discipline. Um, and financial discipline that you, you know, when, uh, you need to move on to the next opportunity. Right. And I think that we, you know, we saw some great benefits, uh, some great returns and, you know, we really made some influential influences in that, uh, marketplace. And, you know, we converted a lot of those people that didn't know who Grunt Style was, uh, into Grunt Style fans. Um, but uh, you know, those it that wasn't a long-term strategy for us because, as you all know, it's not very cheap, cheap. Uh, to be in NASCAR. <laughs> and right. if we wanted to be a top five, top ten position player, you know, uh, that's got to cost you know uh, 15, 20-plus plus million dollars to get that type of car. And you know, that's that's you know, so you, taking all those you things, you sell into, a lot
0: of T-shirts to, to you know, turn yeah. on investment there. Yeah. yeah,
2: exactly, exactly. So unless you're telling your racer, hey, you know, I love you, uh, we're going to make sure that you have the safest uh, Uh, inside of that car, but I want you wrecking every race you can. (laughs) That's the only way you're going to get some uh, attention at the back of the field. Yeah, exactly. Well,
1: (laughs) so let's go with that a little more there, Tim. So you're absolutely right. So successes and failures in every marketing plan and strategy right every company every i mean if you're a racer i know we do it i know cam does it uh you you lay out a strategy with a company based on where they're trying to go where they're trying to improve what they're trying to impact then you're evaluating it you know, I I don't know how you guys are doing it, but you know, I'm I'm a monthly like a military dude. You know, you're you're evaluating your training on a monthly basis. You know, what did we do good this month? What did we do bad? What do we need to do better at? Uh, or what do we need to sustain? Uh, we talk about ROI a lot. Racers that are are coming and they they're scratching the surface of trying to get involved in motorsports marketing, or they're looking for companies to help support or offset the investments that they have to make into their own personal, uh, racing ventures. We talk about ROI a lot when you, and you don't have to, you know, you can definitely ballpark. You're in the stadium type deal. When you guys were looking at trying to evaluate what those opportunities were for grunt style in NASCAR, and we're, and we're going to clump, because we're not going to try to break down, you know, Gander truck series or Xfinity or, or monster. We're not going to try to break down the different impressions and values and touch points and so forth, but just a ballpark, where were you guys trying or thought that you possibly could land at for, for your ROI, for what you were trying to, to, to have a success, what you were trying yeah. to execute?
2: Well, I think it was more uh, in conversions, right? So, you know, seeing, you know, seeing, Seeing our car on the track was great, right? Um, but again, you're in a field of you know 35, 40 cars, right? So you're not. We we knew we were going to get the type of exposure from uh, that type of presence. Uh, so you know, having stuff, uh, you know, uh, being uh, played on ESPN uh, on, on all these stations while where racing was happening, like our commercials, you know, that was really what we were measuring as. Um, a, a bit of success right and you know uh, so it's the tangible right? so it really boils down to you in, in marketing and in, in sports marketing you know where 50% of your money is going and the other 50% you're like oh uh, I don't know and I can't track it so <laughs> there's a huge risk uh, when you're, you're you're when you're playing with that type of capital so you know keeping that in mind you know is how uh, we really you know determined successes and failures um, uh, on a, on the macro level uh, to really give us understanding of if this is something that we should continue with or is this a short-term strategy as we anticipate
1: so so when you did so when you did that and that com- makes complete sense and a lot of people don't they don't think about the aspect of what it is that you know you talk you try to educate people on intangibles and tangibles and they're a lot of times they don't you know they want to talk about touch points they want to talk about impressions and you, you're just going yeah that's I'd rather have you sit down in a boardroom and know that we're going to run, you know, fifteen thousand more clicks to your website. That hopefully we can convert ten or fifteen percent of those into buying t-shirts or whatever the product is. You know, let's have let's have some sales based off of our involvement, not necessarily touch points and impressions and so forth. So, yeah.
2: um when did you, I, go ahead? I think that, you know, I think it's important to understand in, in anything now that we live in truly a digital age, you know, it's, that is the key metric, uh, uh that most people are really looking at right now is, you know, how many impressions do I get? And uh, of those impressions, are they driving traffic to my page or my store or whatever, whatever your end, uh, result is, but you know, it's traffic conversion and you're looking at all those, how, how are you getting them? You know, how are you talking to them? how are you getting into the funnel? How do you squeeze them out to uh, the end right? Um, so those are I think those are are extremely important but you know again, when you can only measure 50% of that, you know that you're taking there's some huge risks there and and you know all, majority of the time those risks don't pan out in your favor.
1: No, absolutely absolutely no, you're absolutely right. If you don't have if you don't if you can't create customer conversion and and, and do customer loyalty, Uh, for a long term on the repeat side it makes it very hard to justify those numbers unless you're unless you're just doing bringing in you know whether whether you're doing b2b or or something that you can bring to the table and help the overall uh bottom line for a company it makes it extremely difficult
0: i got a question for i i know you guys do obviously you're you've kind of stepped out of the racing world a little bit um but you guys do a ton of different stuff like you're Shooting stuff and like all the other things that you do di- between digital, sports marketing, like all this stuff. What do you guys feel that Grunt Style's best like? Which, what do you guys love the most? Do you like, oh, we love Facebook because of this, or oh, we love sponsoring shooting ranges because they all shoot guns and we have guns on our shirts, or right. uh, you know, what, which one do you guys feel is like is social media the number one? Or uh, is something else now,
2: uh, Cam? I, th- I think that's uh, an excellent question because you know, in, in years past, I would say social media is, was our favorite place to really interact with people. Mm-hmm. Um, but over the years. Um, you know, we've really developed such an incredible devote following group of individuals. Uh, we call them fans and, um, you know, what, you know, we've done grunt fests, right. Uh, and they've, they've gotten so grandiose to the point where we had Kane Brown in San Antonio at Cowboys dance hall. And we had nearly 7,500 people, uh, show up to this thing. And it was really an extraordinary event. Awesome. Um, but to, you know, what I what I that and I absolutely love that, but what I really didn't like about it, if I had to you know look at both sides of the coin here, was that as great as great as it was, it didn't have that really connecting piece of community, right? Because you have seventy five hundred people in there and you know the the, the level of interaction that w- wasn't really happening, right? So you know what we've been doing over the last six months of this year is creating these little, um, micro events at our location in San Antonio. And we've been getting you know, four or 500 people that are coming out on a drop of a notice saying, Hey, we're gonna have a social on Friday and uh, we're going to be, you know, uh, celebrating the army birthday, right? For example, which just happened. And you know, we have 500 people show up, we, you know, get uh, food, we get some drinks. And um, we really just have an engaging evening where we'll have a, a little ceremony. Um, we'll talk, uh, we'll have a little bit of a talking piece. And then you know, for the, the remainder of the time, two hours, three hours, whatever, how long ever it goes, there's always an after party that seems to sprout up. But um, it's just people in a very small location being able to talk with each other. I have more uh, sense of pride and uh, accomplishment out of seeing that type of event happen than going out and spending two to seven million dollars on something where you don't get that same personal experience
0: that's so funny you say that because i was talking to my brother the other day and he he's in a different industry and they have a lot of success in what he does with what you were just talking about Mm -hmm. you know and it's so funny to listen to these bigger companies talk these days about how yeah social media is great but i think it's it's starting to plateau and there's all these companies trying to figure out what's going to be the next Instagram, what's going to be the next Facebook. And everybody's kind of just sitting there waiting. And then you also have all these social media influencers and all these people that want all this money. And it's like, for what? Because then they've they've taken all these algorithms and all these things that have messed that up to where you're not getting any sort of return. You know, you're going to go pay somebody $100,000 to go post, oh, wear this T-shirt or whatever on and what? 500 people are going to see it on their Instagram when you can throw a cool little party. Everybody loves have a good time, you know, and have a good cult following
2: out of it, and it's a third of the price. Yes, absolutely. And and in a lot of cases, it costs next to not not even a third. Sometimes it's free, right? Because you're just like, hey, we're going to do this, and
0: yeah the bar or whatever or wherever the location they want you oh yeah come on in yeah, you know because yeah. then they can make money off of it too
2: yeah. yeah absolutely we did uh you know a funny funny thing is uh on memorial day probably one of the greatest initiatives that the company's um you know done in the time i've been here you know we sacrificed the uh, you know shutting down the website on uh, memorial day where we you know you got all these companies out there say hey uh 25 off your next mattress or come get your new car blah 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 you know you give a 3500 hundred dollar rebate all that garbage, right? right. Um, you know, and they're and they're really just you you know profiteering off of the backs of of men and women that have made this opportunity uh, available for all of them to perform in the marketplace. But you know, so what we did uh, was something a little bit different. Uh, we shut down our web sales on that day, and uh, we for uh, eight and a half hours we read every name of the fallen from OAF forward to, to present date of uh, all the individuals that have been fighting for our freedoms. And then uh, we had uh, a flag-raising ceremony, uh, a tap ceremony, and during the whole event, um, you know, we had uh, people writing names on a piece of parchment paper and uh, significant uh, family members or friends that they had lost in combat. And uh, we took all that, put it into a uh, nice little ceremonial dish. Um, you know, Daniel gave an amazing motivational speech on why this country is what it is and the values that we have and our responsibility as, as the stewards of freedom. Right now, today, to carry that message forward, um, and we we burned those that parchment paper, and took uh, all the ashes and put it in the truck that's on top of our flagpole. So uh, those those names and that that special moment will you know be with uh, our business forever, and we intend to do that every year. Uh, moving that's forward, really cool. And make I like it Something that. special.
1: That's a that's a different way to to shake out, uh, and for today's age to impact today's society to show that and display that and set the standard uh or or at this point enforce the standard that should have always been there about about the holidays that are military related um that's that's just one of those deals that you know ne- once again companies are about the bottom line uh in the civilian world which you know yeah we know it has to keep going but man at, t- at some point you just gotta you gotta remember uh you wouldn't have a bottom line to worry about if it wasn't right. for those guys with the rucks on their back.
2: Right. People, people could talk the game. People always, you know, you, you hear it all the time. And especially now it's become the buzzword of the, of, uh, you know, the last couple of years is uh, we want to be disruptors. Well, Listen, guys, you ain't disrupting shit. Right? <laughs> you guys are talking a big game, and you think that you're these marketing prowess, you know, gurus. We well, ain't doing nothing, right? If, if if you want to walk the walk, you better talk to talk, or or talk to talk and walk the walk, whatever you know, however colloquially the way you want to say it. But you know, uh, you, at Grunthal, we're looking to change the way that people view our country, right? That is the bottom line. And it's not about being profitable. It's not about all these things. I mean, that's just a vehicle to get there. But, you know, at the end of the day, Grunt style we want to wait, change the way people view our country and, and to bring back having a sense of pride about what we've been able to accomplish over the last 244 years, right? We are the only nation in Human history has been able to accomplish so much in such a little bit of time and given so much of its precious treasure to make freedom not only here in America the greatest thing that human history has ever seen, but to spread that to places across the globe that are being oppressed by dictators and authoritative schmucks that are living <sighs> off of the backs of people. And that's what we need to be very proud about. And you know, it's my God, uh, my God-given mission right now is to be a part of that. And I'm truly grateful that. Uh...
1: Oh no! Uh oh! Oh no! Uh oh! Man, you locked up, you must have broke the internet, Tim, you, right, <laughs> right there, you crashed the server on the Wi-Fi signal, it was going down, no, and you're, you, were, you were on the path, and you are absolutely right, you know, a lot of people ask about how my military career and so forth, because, you know, in today's society, everybody thinks about OEF and OI, OIF and so forth, but I was like, man, there was, my, there was a period in my military career, I was the Boy Scouts. We went to Haiti, we went to Somalia, we went to Kosovo, you know, Bosnia. Every time somebody got, you know, somebody decided to jump off the deep end and start committing acts of genocide. Oh, All right, guys, load up the planes. Here we go. You know, and, and so but you're absolutely right. You, I, you guys are doing it um, and we're grateful for it. I'm not going to man. I, I we could keep going for hours but I'm not going to do that I've already taken up about uh, 45 minutes of your time Tim um, I there was so many things about that I didn't get to talk about uh, I know we got racers that are hunters uh, in shoot uh, you've got mammoth mammoth challenge is that you're calling g3 now is that going to be over on grunt style I know everybody can go to gruntstyle.com right
2: Go to grow, go to for all of your patriotic and veteran needs. Uh, you can check out G Three Dynamics. Uh, it's a unique um, side business that uh, we're putting on uh, uh, for anything long range or competitive shooting. Check it out. You, you're gonna have a lot of fun looking at that. Uh, you know, it's it's, it's an, incre- an incredible event, and it's one of the only competitions that's being held on a military base right now.
1: Well, now Thanks. and and then you know, we're military guys. We gotta we gotta talk about drinking alcohol.
2: Oh, I, yes, I, I,
1: I didn't get to that. So you <laughs> just real quick, you and Daniel started America whiskey,
2: uh, America bourbon. American so, um, bourbon. Yeah. So we, uh, you know, I like, I like to drink. I like, I like my bourbon. And <laughs> I knew I liked you. <laughs> and, you know, we were talking one day and we were like, well, you know, why don't we come up with a bourbon brand? And, uh, you know, it was the sixth, uh, six months of long, uh, hard, tedious work. I hated every minute of tasting yeah. hundreds of samples. <laughs> <Love it. laughs> um, but we came up with the with the, with the right taste, and uh, we partnered with uh, a great uh, veteran as well. His name is Derek Sisson, um, and uh, you know, we have this incredible brand called America Bourbon. Uh, you can find it at. Uh, Pretty much any Walmart uh, around uh, your, across the country. We're in 958 of them, and the, that number continues to grow. And we chose Walmart uh, because this is just an average person bourbon. This is a guy. I'm an average dude, right? I'm not anybody special. I just happen to, you know, fall into he something. To go to
0: Walmart, right? and I'm telling you, all the racers out there, we all go to yeah. Walmart.
2: So you're gonna be able to find that fine America bourbon spirit on your shelves uh, for a nice cost of thirty four dollars. Nice. It's it's a premium whiskey. It's uh, one uh, third place in the world of whiskey. Uh, you know, fastest growing whiskey uh, the whiskey brand in the country right now. Um, you know, in the last year, we've we've gotten into forty two of the forty eight states, lower conus, and um, nobody's doing that. Um, and it's you know because it's a good brand. It's it's good. It's good bourbon, um, and you're gonna love it. I can't wait to try it. All right. So now I go to Walmart tomorrow. (laughs) Yeah.
1: There's there is like two Walmarts near Norwalk. So you we'll go get we'll go get a bottle this weekend, Cam, and try it. How about that?
0: Wait, sign me up.
1: You're in? All right, we'll do that. We'll post up some social media over the weekend for that. All right. So on your way out, Tim, we do we do something silly here on on our show. That um three things. You get to give one Christmas card. To someone, anyone anyone in the world, Some, whether you admire them or respect them or whatever the case is. You get, Christmas card is touchy-feely, okay. so you get to give one Christmas card. Who are you giving
2: it to? Alive or dead? You pick. Okay. Uh, I would probably say I would like to give a Christmas card... Uh, one last Christmas card to my grandfather, uh, because he was the most influential person uh, of my former years. Uh, he fought in World War II, uh, was in the Army Air Corps, was an intelligence guy. And, um, you know, the, the experiences that he shared with me while I was growing up was something that impacted me, uh, led me to join the Marine Corps and uh got to see the the old man cry when i graduated and as my mother said the first time she ever seen her for all the cries. so um i'd like to give him one last christmas card
1: oh <sighs> i can get behind that for sure all right you get to give one wtf card to somebody who are you giving it to
2: uh I would say Hillary Clinton. Cause you're a piece <laughs> of shit.
1: <laughs> uh, we will, we do have to admit that Tim, you're the first person that's went WTF political.
2: <laughs> so we like that.
1: All right. Mm-hmm. Now, now this is the one didn't prep you for it. Nothing whatsoever. uh, the only people that are going to know are the one, our listeners on the podcast. They want to go to GruntStyle.com, and they're going to buy something, a discount code. What's the cheat code? What's the cheat code for a week or two weeks for our listeners?
2: I will tell you that it is America10, one zero, no A, all lower, I'm, I'm sorry, America10, all lowercase.
1: There it is. There, there it is, guys. Go, go to GruntStyle.com. Pick yourself up something that... They've got a lot. I mean, we're trying to promote our apparel line of uh, racers and rental cars. Uh, and, yeah, you guys that are out there listening have been slacking. Go buy a shirt. Uh, but more so. You're not going to
0: than- buy ours. Go buy his.
1: exactly because we're not promoting anybody else's apparel line on this show that's for sure tim thank you so much sir for taking time out of your schedule the next time that i make my way to chicago i will give you a heads up and a shout would love to meet you face to face shake your hand and uh, who knows maybe have a beer
0: um bourbon not a beer come on now uh, no
2: because
1: i do i do know that tim is he there's there's some social media out there tim
2: likes beer too I am a, I, I like uh, all things but Bud Light. That is <laughs> 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 Yes. <laughs> hey, Tim,
1: we always do uh, shameless plugs that we want. Coors Light refrigerators filled, you know, send, send us a refrigerator <laughs> full of Coors Light for our studio. Right. So, yeah, absolutely. Tim... Sir, thank you very much. Greatly appreciate your time. Uh, We're going to look forward to meeting you and chatting again in the future. And who knows, maybe we'll figure out how to wrangle Daniel onto a show because I'd like to hear his story a little bit because my wife's going through cancer right now. And uh, I was really, uh, really heartfelt to read his story about that. So please uh, give my well wishes to uh, him and his family as uh, they battle the C word. So uh, we greatly uh, have thoughts and prayers for him.
2: Will do. And it's been a wonderful time with you, uh, guys. And Cam, don't let uh, Don uh you know, beat your ass. And uh, <laughs> I would like to see him be your backup girl. <laughs>
1: point. Yeah, all right. All right. <laughs> Thanks a deal. lot, Tim. Have a great one. We'll talk soon, sir. Thanks, Tim.
0: Take
1: care. Well, Cam, you can't get any uh i mean seriously we sat here for the last 48 minutes and i've had goosebumps the entire time uh and i don't you know and it may just be me from the standpoint that uh the the flag the uniform the men and women to your left and your right and your front and your back that uh I've had the privilege to serve with or or be associated with or recruit or whatever the case may be during my 23 years of wearing the uniform. Uh, There's not a day that goes by that. I don't think about the fact that I wouldn't be where I am. Uh, As Tim talked about how his grandfather was, you know, we've talked about our backstories and and how you started. And, you know, I'm just, uh, I am definitely of not of money or, or fame or fortune of, Uh, of any nature. So for me to be where I am and know that the uniform and and all the education processes and mentorship that I received to get me to this point, I get, uh, I get goosebumps and a lot of those thoughts keep me, you know, during my darkest hours, as Tim talked about, their impact uh, in today's society. So uh, I, I truly enjoyed uh, listening to Tim's story, Grunt Style's story, uh, the impact that Dan and him and their whole entire organization is having on uh, today's community.
0: No, absolutely. And, I mean, at the end of the day, like, to be honest with you, he just seems like a cool-ass dude. Like, I definitely want to have a beer with that guy.
2: <laughs> <laughs> he well, was. gentlemen— if, if you're ever in Chicago or San Antonio, you let me know and uh, I'll get you drunk.
1: Hey, oh, yeah. hey. That that hey, that's like somebody telling Cam he can have free nitro for life.
2: Yeah. <laughs> there you go. are right there. Right there. <laughs> All right, uh, guys. Well, I appreciate the time. I've got a I gotta pop smoke.
1: Hey, oh. do it. Thanks, Tim.
2: Talk soon. Bye bye. Right.
1: Well, Cam, dude, I it's hard to believe, but in you know, when people are listening to this, we should have been hanging out for a day or so and uh we'll see if we can't post up some good social media going in here into this uh into this stretch uh of racing glad to be back to the racetrack
0: yeah no i look forward to look forward to having you out there and uh what it's norwalk and then you're not going to epping are you
1: no no not going to epping we'll uh that week you know you're gonna well no epping's the first week in july right yeah yeah we'll be we'll be divisional Excuse me. I'm sorry. Hey, how about that? I got all choked up. We'll be uh, <laughs> a, a visual, divisional, a in it up for the next couple weeks there, Indy and in Chicago. But um, you want to get something here to let some people, our listeners, realize. So we're doing Norwalk this week. Obviously, we're doing Handshakes. Handshake Smiles. Everybody come by, grab a photo. Uh, but next week, guess what I'm doing next week, Cam? Guess. Uh, Give you two guesses. There's no way you'll get it. I got nothing, dude. I'm going to college orientation.
0: Oh, nice, very nice.
1: I was having a conversation today with John DeFlorian from Jerry Haas Race Cars, and we were talking about his college orientation experience with his with his kids. Nice. How many years? Nice. You, how many years you got till you got to worry about college orientation, Cam?
0: <laughs> I got eighteen. <laughs> eighteen. <laughs>
1: You got 18. I yes, I am uh we're taking our oldest uh down to the lovely College of Charleston and we're going to go uh go through the process of getting her ready to go off and can write another chapter as we always talk about here in the in the business world, write another chapter in her life as she goes off and uh starts college in the fall.
0: Very cool. That'll be awesome. You know, that that's one thing uh you know, doing personal things is always a good thing that you need to do even though that uh, we live breathe and eat and sleep racing um, you always gotta gotta have those family situations as well so that's all important
1: yeah and I think you know it, it is and when you get the those one one-time things, you know that she's gonna she's gonna go to college orientation once you know we're gonna you know we're gonna move her in we're gonna move her in for a freshman year into college and then from that point on look you've done it once you better be able to figure out to do it three more times (laughs) there you go (laughs) (laughs) oh well cam dude we need some hate mail we need some sales we got plenty of ratings and reviews. We appreciate it. Thank you all very much. Uh, but uh, I'm going to get off of here. I still got to finish loading a trailer to make a trip
0: to my yeah,
1: $1, do, $1 yeah. ice cream land.
0: I got to do some laundry and then uh, make sure we figure out how to get Angie her ice cream. So,
1: Dude, we will totally, we will totally talk about the dry ice deal. Yeah, I, I, okay. re- I really believe that they could make money. If they set up like an online ordering system for ice cream, Bader could make some more money.
0: Yes, he could. Hey, e-
1: Evan, I'm gonna share that idea with you this weekend. I just we just need a little cut, like two or three percent, back to racers and rental cars. So, I right, can take us home, dude. I'll see you in a couple.
0: All right, sounds good as usual. Thanks to uh, Voice America for helping produce this, uh, Streetway Marketing and uh, RacePack.com for all your data logger needs. So uh, we'll see you at the races. And if not, we'll see you next week. Later. Let's put it-